0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Email a couple months ago, as I mentioned, from a listener who was having to give up his dog. Felt he had to do this. And we exchanged a couple of emails. He was going through a difficult time. Inflation, interest rates, you know how it is. We're all living it. And my definition of inflation was, you go to the gas station and the store, grocery store, in the same morning, and you can't afford to fill up at either. Well, that's may have been a little bit of a twist and semi it's marginally funny at the very first time. It's not funny anymore because it's real. So uh, the listener sent me the email, gave up his his dog to a rescue organization, and he said it's breaking his heart. And I I was. Sending him emails and saying, there's got to be another way. or there are options. There must be options. You know, and I was trying to come up with a few and I I don't know. I guess I wasn't successful. I didn't hear back from him. But inflation and interest rate hikes are causing pet distress decisions. And increasingly, I understand that people, you can find the stories if you go online and just look for them. Increasingly, people are turning in their pets to um, humane societies, the SPCA, Provincial and local shelters to the uh, rescue organizations, just because they cannot afford any longer to pay for the costs of the pet food, or the veterinary services and other pet upkeep. So uh, Barbara Cartwright joins us. Ms. Um, Cartwright is the president and CEO of Humane Canada, Humane Society now Humane Canada. Barbara, thank you, uh, thank you for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for talking about this really important uh, issue, Roy.
0: Yeah, how often do you come across these days the story about economic pressures being a main reason for people to give up their pets?
1: Absolutely. It's definitely um, a perfect storm gathering on the horizon that's coming closer faster where we're seeing uh, across the country, so we represent humane societies and SPCA's in every province and two territories, and we're seeing an increasing number of calls, emails, messages from Canadians who are in need of help. And we're seeing our shelters are now, you know, at or close to capacity. We see wait lists are growing uh, for those shelters that don't have space left. They have a wait list for animals to be surrendered. And resources are getting stretched both on, you know, the average Canadian side, but also on the shelter side.
0: Isn't that interesting because, and it's depressing, it's sad that that's happening, but it's interesting because as COVID was marching forward and uh, causing more and more issues societally, people were taking more and more pets into their homes. And we were hoping that it wasn't going to be a situation where after COVID, they would just give up their pets. And I suppose to a certain extent that is happening as well. But shelters were empty. Now you're now you're overflowing.
1: Well, yeah, and shelters were empty because Canadians stepped up. And uh, when COVID first hit, um, shelters reached out to their local communities and, and asked people to foster the animals that were currently in care because we didn't know what was going to happen with COVID and, and, you know, would we be seeing more people dying and more people's pets, you know, needing a place to go? Would we see no people being able to come into shelter? There was so many possibilities. So I think the first thing about COVID was people love animals. It came out. They came to support their shelters. And then they all wanted to bring animals into their homes because I think of that desire for connection when you're isolated. Mm -hmm. And I just want to stress it's not that Canadians are superfluously surrendering their animals because they're bored and they're back out to nightclubs or whatever it is. It really is what you said about that person who wrote to you Mm -hmm. that the economic um, stress that's coming and is getting worse is putting people at a risk of not knowing what to do, where to turn and how to get help. And so they're having to make these terrible decisions um, that break their heart. And, And another piece to it too, which is interesting, is the animals that are being surrendered to shelter uh, are also typically now have increased behavioral issues and increased oh, medical really? issues. Oh, wow. Yes. And probably because they were adopted or, or bought from puppy mills in that COVID mass craziness to get a dog, likely people were buying them from puppy mills and they are often have behavioral challenges and medical challenges. And so it's harder to get an animal through a shelter and ready for adoption. So yeah. We also have a bit of a, Hold up inside shelters where that's why we end up with wait lists for people trying to surrender. so it's really that perfect storm I was mentioning that's happening for us right now in the uh, shelter system.
0: We don't think about them or try not to, but they're still out there and uh, in large numbers, right the puppy mills
1: Yep, they certainly are. Uh, <clears throat> you need to only think back to that uh, plane that came in from Ukraine when when COVID hit and hundreds of puppies were dead and very sick and that was a direct response for an increased desire. Here and people are paying thousands of dollars for a dog they'll find on Kijiji. It's it's just absolutely a bad idea,
0: Barbara. What's involved in giving up a pet? Uh, I I imagine there will be some folks listening right now who are thinking about doing that because they are having such a hard time making ends meet. They don't want to give up their 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 dog or their cat, their pet. But they are facing tremendously difficult times, and they I think it's more a case of worrying about the welfare of your pet, saying, I just can't do it anymore. Maybe somebody else can. Hopefully somebody else can. So what's involved in giving up a pet?
1: Such a great and compassionate question. Um, so the first thing is, is if you are feeling that anxiety and like you're getting to the end of your rope uh, and not knowing what to do, reach out. Reach out to your local Humane Society, SPCA, Rescue. Let them know what your challenges are. One of our goals and one of all of our members' goals, and has always been this goal, is how do we keep families together? Because uh, about 70% of homes in Canada have a pet, and of those that do own a pet, over 80% identify them as family. So we have to be compassionate to that that crisis that they're facing, they don't want to give up their pet. They're at the end of the rope. They don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so it might be as simple as getting some resources together. So, for example, one of the things we're also trying to build right now is a pet food banking network so that Canadians who do need help to feed their pets will be able to find pet food.
0: Oh, a great idea.
1: And kitty litter and all of that kind of stuff. right? That should be our first thought. Mm -hmm. And then if it's a training issue, how can you access training and help from your local shelter, if it's a vet cost issue, you know, we see skyrocketing vet costs, then uh, perhaps there's a way to find resources within your community. Um, For example, in Ontario, for emergency vet care, you can apply to the Farley Foundation to help you cover those costs. So that, to me, is the first thing that everybody should be thinking about, is not reaching out to the shelter thinking you have to surrender, reach out first to see if you can find the resources in your community to help you. And then if you do have to surrender your animal, you have to should be prepared for a couple things. There may be a wait list. And so you'll need to find maybe some bridging resources until the shelter can take your animal in. And then uh, rest assured that your local Humane Society or SPCA will do their best and will find your your pet a new home but we understand that it's a heartbreaking a heartbreaking thing to have to do you know we need to to provide the kindness to people when they come to that time that they can't take care of their pet yeah. anymore
0: so you keep the pets as long as it takes to find a home the healthy ones
1: Yes, absolutely. And of course, during COVID, you couldn't keep a dog in a shelter yeah, yeah, <laughs> going right. so fast. And there's still a very high demand. One of, that's one of the reasons I mentioned about this idea that animals are coming in and they have higher behavioral problems and, and medical problems. It takes longer for a shelter to get that animal the medical help and the behavior training that they need to have before they can adopt them out. And so that's also part of the problem that's happening there. So, yeah, they, they will be adopted out. And, and I might also just put in a plug here for kitty cats because we always have too many cats in our shelters. Um, people think about dogs more often than they think about cats, but I would really encourage anybody that's listening that is thinking about getting a pet to really think about adopting the cat too.
0: For sure. Is this a good time also to vol- volunteer to foster pets, maybe, maybe more so than most times?
1: Yeah, you know, that is a great point um yes please absolutely if you have the time and the 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 resources that you need to to foster an animal by all means it's a great time especially if you would like to contribute um to resolving this issue but you also want to have a pet but you don't want to get your own pet Mm -hmm. it's really a great opportunity when you're fostering because you can provide the love and care you can have the companionship but then the animal is also going to move on uh, to its forever home. So it's a it's a wonderful way to contribute to help.
0: Yeah, I've always. I mean, I'm a dog person. I've always had dogs in my life. Uh, right at the moment, I don't. But um, but I had dogs in my life just about all my life. I always felt that there has to be a heart, dog heartbeat in, in a house to make it a place yeah. that's livable. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: right. Yeah. It has to have a dog heartbeat. If it doesn't have a dog yeah. heartbeat, there's there's a, there's an emptiness that. That just cannot be overcome until you get a dog's heartbeat, just the way it is.
1: Agreed, and I would just really encourage you, cats. to not to be very careful not to end up with a puppy mill yeah. dog. Do so, how do you? How do you? Point you,
0: point just, point you point just very quickly, how do you protect yourself against that?
1: Yeah. So, when you're looking online, uh, first of all, obviously, Humane Society, SPCA, rescue—that's always your 100 percent guarantee right there. But if you are looking at buying an animal, make sure that you are going to see the mom. Where is the mom? Where is the dad? How are the puppies being cared for? Um, Make sure that you're not just someone's dropping it off at the parking lot to you or coming to you. You really want to be asking those questions. And the person who's breeding the animals should want to answer your questions. They should want to be in relationship with you. Um, because then it means, obviously, that they're concerned about the animals. The females should only be having a couple litters a year. And a really good sign is if a seller is selling multiple different breeds, they're not uh, a responsible breeder.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites.